Greetings in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Sean, and you are listening to The Intersection, not your normal fluffy Christian show. What incredible times we live in. Who could ever predict the hour in which we live, except for the Lord knows, obviously. And, um, and of course, the Scriptures give us many, uh, oh, many indications of the days and times that we live in. Um, but just the last couple of days, I've kind of had to self-reflect, just kind of stunned and amazed um, with the realization, and I, I don't mean to dash anyone's hopes, with the realization that America may be a very different place uh, than, than what some of us have anticipated or remember or, or heading in a different direction. Um, and I had to come to some sort of peace, because if you don't, um, you will drive yourself insane. Um, but I had to come to some spiritual peace and kind of reflect back on the scriptures and, and remember that God is in control. But as the, the way things look, and, and not trying to dash anyone's hopes, there's still some folks who are very, very hopeful, especially in the, oh, I would call the religious community, the spiritual community, the Christian community, that some sort of miracle is going to drop. And on the 20th, there's going to be an inauguration of Donald Trump into a second term. I'm seeing it on Facebook. I'm seeing in in you know all, all the social medias that uh, obviously we should probably boycott because they don't have our best interest in mind. But but I'm seeing these things, and and the realization hit me that um we might be heading in a direction that many of us didn't anticipate. Um, and uh, it can bring up a lot of feelings, a lot of fears, a lot of frustrations, as we saw vented yesterday um, at the rally in D.C. Now, everyone's talking about it, of course, because um, some Trump supporters, some are saying that it was Antifa. Uh, I, I'm tending to, to just just uh, stay away from all the speculations of, of, you know, false flags and things. If you want to believe that, that's fine. Uh, but let's say it was Trump supporters, and, and let's say that the, that some did act out in frustration and uh, crashed the Capitol. Completely unacceptable. Uh, what we saw yesterday was completely unacceptable. But I don't say that. I'm not saying that for the same reasons that many other people say that. And, I, and I'll be specific. There's this tendency that when something happens, and it appears to be... Mm, either on your side or it appears to be that something that's not favorable, we're all immediately supposed to fall into a mode of uh, regret and self-deprecation and proving, and especially conservatives, we're good at this, and proving that we are either not part of that uh, that mode of thinking or that somehow... We are implicitly guilty, and we need to offer some sort of penance. And you saw it because the objections that were raised earlier in the day were later renounced as the night went on because of this sense of shame and self-deprecating on the part of Republicans who saw the day's events as a reason for them just to go on, as though uh, their original reason for contesting that there were many, many voter anomalies and many, many things that pointed to uh, voter fraud should not even be debated now because of the 
uh, immoral behavior of what would be considered Trump supporters. Now, we, we, we know for a fact the majority of people who went down, no people went down. It was a peaceful, wonderful uh, protest, which people are allowed to do, I guess only if you're on the left. And the majority of people that I knew went down, didn't even see anything happen. Um, some of the images you just saw people around the Capitol building, by the way, they were perfectly allowed to be around the Capitol building. They were allowed to be in the hallways and corridors. What happened was some people breached uh, gates and they breached doors that they were not supposed to be in, uh, flooded the flooded the congressional floor and, of course, caused the pandemonium that you saw. Now, I'm all about saying if that's Trump supporters, if that's legitimately Trump supporters, treat them. And prosecute them just like you would Antifa. Oh, wait a minute. We don't prosecute people in Antifa because their cause is noble. So they can burn and loot, rob and steal, uh, destroy cities. Now, what you saw yesterday, we saw in Seattle for 156 days in a row. Remember the chop zone where literally sections of a city were taken over and destroyed and defaced and businesses were ruined and ran out of business and we allowed this sort of behavior to go on well i'm going to be consistent with you i believe the perpetrators who did this should be punished just like the call for punishment uh, that i called that we called for for um activists who were destroying in the name of social justice um, and we know we know the hypocrisy, and, and this is where I'm, I'm I'm getting myself off the hook. I'm no longer going to be enraged and outraged by all of the hypocrisy because this has been 30 years that I have at least been aware or vested in our uh, our country, not just spiritually but even politically, and I understand that to be a conservative to hold traditional values, to hold religious faith, is making you an underdog in this country. Even if in numbers we are not the underdog, which I don't even believe that we are, you're going to be the underdog when it comes to things like policy, media, image, reporting, and you're just going to have to learn to live with it and use the tools that you have uh, to fight against it. Um you have to remember with all of the the slander and the the all of the uh the hatred that is put forth not only to Donald Trump and by the way I am committed to not merely a man or a president because presidents come and go presidents are mortals and make mistake and there's people who would say well you blindly would follow Donald Trump or a absolutely not. We know that when we go to vote, many times we are voting for the lesser of two evils. And I'm not calling Donald Trump or the Republican uh, ticket evil. What I'm saying is, is that as a Christian first, none of it has total reflection on my values. But you tend to pick the one that has the most reflection. Now, I, I do not have a problem criticizing when I think that the president is wrong or has been uh, misinformed or has misinformed. Um, but I'm not I'm not blindly committed to a man or an 
ideology. I'm committed to a worldview that is shaped first by the Scripture, and then secondly reflected in my politics. So what's happened, though, in this polarization that we have, and it's mostly— uh, it is mostly stressed by those on the left, is the either-or. You are either with them or you are a bigot and a white supremacist. And do, do, Is it very possible that, that there were some pretty unsavory characters in that crowd yesterday? Very possible. When you have over a million, some saying a million and a half people, um, that's very, very possible. But I can tell you this. I watched protests in the summer by Antifa and people on the left where probably 50 or 60 percent of the people were on, maybe 90 percent of the people were unsavory characters, and yet there is no call for, uh, no call for uh, equivalence. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to force a false equivalence here either. I'm not trying to do the whole, well, you didn't care when, so we shouldn't care. I'm not, I, I am honestly not trying to do that. I had to awaken today. And I had to have an epiphany that God is on the throne and that to be a conservative in a world that is dominated, and a Christian, a person of faith, in a world that is dominated, um, maybe not numerically, but at least influentially, um, by leftists and are pushing us further and further left. Um, For instance, when Joe Biden was asked about Antifa, he was we were told it was an idea. Now, could you imagine yesterday if after all of that tussle, we would have said, well, those weren't real people. Those were ideas. We would have been laughed to scorn. What if we decided to form a group of people that would pay the bail of those who were arrested, much like Kamala Harris did? What if we said these protests should go on indefinitely, even after Joe Biden uh, is installed as president, we should, and, and you know, by the way, dissent and uh, political dissent, peaceful, should go on. Uh, we should not go away quietly like they want us to. Um, I am not in any way of, uh, advocating for any kind of uh, chaotic form of uh, dissidents or protest or, uh, you know, uh, overthrowing of of institutions. Um, I'm simply saying that you have to keep, it, it is our obligation and duty as Americans, and everyone is afforded this right, to speak up and speak out against the things that we see are not healthy and are moving our country in a wrong direction. Now, the left does good with making everyone the same. You're either with them and you have a moral high ground, and no matter what you do, because the end is right, it is always just. So if you loot, burn, kill, rob, steal, uh, express yourself in... Uh, by the way, the left does some loony things. Remember all the way back to the, the, the gun control battle when they didn't <laughs> didn't have enough seats? They just decided to do a sit-in right on the congressional floor. Remember that? Remember that? Just just a sit-in right on the congressional floor. I mean, lots of loony little things they've done. Lots of loony little standoffs and... Uh, um, and as far as them talking about the supporters of Trump who were delusional yesterday because they thought that somehow, some way, uh, Mike Pence or uh, by some miracle, the Republican contesters would somehow overturn the election, whether legitimate or not. Um, 
they like to paint that as as delusional people yet in 3 years of first russian collusion and then impeachment they wanted us to believe that they were rational in their attempt to remove the president at any cost that at that at every turn where they withstood the president at every turn where they they uh they tried to catch the president they they were seeking out ways and even now they're talking about <laughs> there's like 13 days left they're talking about the 23rd that they really don't want him to walk it would be an ultimate win if they could somehow even cut his presidency short even if it were by an hour it would somehow be some kind of glorious win now you have to ask yourself does the average american fit either on the extreme left or the extreme right uh, i would whether to say no now i am i am sadly pessimistic about the way that many americans are moving way left and how far the left has gone, delving into virtual communism. And this is not a joke. This is not a conspiracy. Delving into virtual communism, and we'll talk about some of that coming up, um, it has pushed itself so far left that the platforms would have been rejected even 10 years ago. Even, even if Obama had run for president with his popularity and his charm and charisma would not have presented the platforms that are being presented now. And you can thank the fact that our institutions have all been corrupted by leftists. So the news media, so for those of you conservatives who are frustrated, do you really think we're ever, ever, even if, even if we were 90% against the 10%, do you think we're ever, ever, ever going to get that fair shake in the media and, and, and leave yourself of the frustration of wanting that. Alleve yourself of the frustration of uh, of having to tolerate all the false moral equivalencies. Alleviate yourself of the, the sense of frustration that we have a two-tiered justice system, that that those who are conservative are attacked for for minimal or, or or nothing at all, while those who are on the far left walk away with serious crimes committed. One thing we can't just walk away from or with is the idea that maybe our elections are corrupted. And by the way, I don't I don't think that the revelation that there's been corruption in the elections is something that is. I think the revelation's new. But the corruption in some of these cities goes way back and can be documented uh, for over a hundred years. And if anything has come out of this, it's a revelation that we need uh, serious, serious reform, especially since elections are now being decided uh, in ways uh, and in numbers that are so tight. It's not there's no blowouts anymore. Um, and because of that, um, we need to critically decide and critically examine uh, our election practices. We know that this one was a, was a debacle, um, and we know that some of that was purposeful. Um, we know that some of it was, was set up in a way that could foment fraud, and we know that people are frustrated because they feel like in elections being taken away from them and they have nowhere to appeal. Uh, they can't appeal to the Supreme Court. They can't appeal. It's bad. That's been rejected. Can't really appeal to investigators. There's That's not happening. So there's a sense of we just have to accept the unacceptable. Well, um, we're going to talk about that. And what can we do as 
conservatives and even more so Christians. What can we do? Well, first of all, we know that the left likes to categorize everybody. Like you're either in or you're out, you're for or you're against, you're either a social justice warrior or you're a bigot. There isn't any room in between to say, hey, maybe I'm somewhere in between, not a bigot, obviously, but maybe I'm maybe I'm somewhere where because I'm not radical left doesn't mean that there's some form of bigotry in me. Maybe I just disagree with the policies of communism. I don't know. I mean, that would be a practical thing. And, and it's it started by people who call for civility and unity like Joe Biden, but then gets up and says, don't dare call them protesters. Call Trump supporters domestic terrorists. But yet we're supposed to tuck our tails because of yesterday's events. We're supposed to regret that we ever voted Republican, much less for Donald Trump. And we're supposed to tuck our tails and do some sort of penance to prove. I mean, you saw it on the congressional floor. Why Why would people who had serious questions contesting election results suddenly drop them because of an event? This this was no no better. And, you know, the, left, the left's good at it, man. I got to give them that. I got to give them credit. This was no better demonstrated after the death of George Floyd. Because after the death of George Floyd, you were either on the side of social justice or you were on the side of racist police officers. And that was the only two options given. And because of that, you saw this barrage of guilt and people feeling, uh, and, and you saw this narrative built that this is just commonplace and that we have tolerated it for too long, that, that people are being gunned down in the streets, minorities are being gunned down in the streets by white supremacist police officers, and we had to go out of our way to prove uh, that we not only were not a part of that, and much of that came in the form of people feeling that they needed to suddenly join social justice causes, not because of a, a real deep conviction that injustice has been done, but because of a sense of guilt and a sense of wanting to be more woke and be more moral than the people around them, wanting to show people that I'm not part of this group. And first of all, the narrative itself was false. Interactions between police and minorities have never been better in this country. And when you get a case in which there's clear-cut uh, uh, wrongdoing on the side of the police, when there's clear-cut uh um, racism or bigotry, those situations should be dealt with swiftly and with the justice system, and many of them have been, and it goes to prove that our justice system works, but it's individual justice. As soon as we enter into group justice, but it says, you belong to this group in which these police officers are, uh, are also a part of, whether they be minority police officers or white police officers, you belong to this oppressive group and you need to prove, you need to, you, you need to regret that, you need to do a penance and prove your worthiness to the rest of us. And people fell for it. I actually believe that the turn of events in these elections started with the incident with George Floyd. And then we entered in, of course, COVID and, and uh, specific things like that. 
But I hear people, I especially hear people, conservatives and Christians, frustrated, frustrated because of the the inequity in reporting and in, in, in the 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 lie the outright right lies that are being told and the people that believe them and then you you watch elections go awry so there's this sense that we're the underdog well let me give you some news you are the underdog it doesn't mean that we are the minority in number i believe that there's I mean, obviously we're you know when you look at the, the the actual election we're what seven seats short of taking the house back and uh we're tied in the Senate of the, uh, at this point, which is not good. But in another year or two, there's going to be another election. And oftentimes, the the incumbent president's party loses seats in the election. We've seen that over and over again. We saw it uh, last election with Donald Trump, and we saw it uh, no more than two years after Barack Obama was in, lost the House and the Senate, and we held it for, what, uh, a number of years. Um. Eight, I believe, a number of years we held the House and the Senate. And what I'm telling you today is do not grow discouraged and drop out of the process because you feel as though it is so slanted and so unfair. You know, with the victories that we do get, with the adversity that we stand shows that we're resilient people. I'm going to run out of time today, but I also want to talk about the fact, what is it going to look like? For those of us who would normally you would you would uh, call someone who was a a uh, patriot, um, a Christian, a uh, lover of America, those those words would normally be something that even ten or fifteen years ago would have been considered good, and I you know they are still considered good, but now those words are actually supposedly. Um, dog whistles for some kind of hateful, bigoted, uh, needing-to-be-done-away-with person. And you're hearing more and more of this. You're seeing the left say that once Donald Trump leaves office, they're going to not only pursue him, but they're going to pursue people who voted for him or even voted Republican. There's this new thing that they're going to they're punish, politically punish their enemies. Now, we've seen it happen along the way. We've seen what they did to Michael Flynn. Absolute travesty of justice. Travesty of justice. We've seen what they've done to others who don't embrace or reflect their political thinking. But I'm here to tell you, you are the underdog, and that's okay. We need to stay engaged. Next week, we're going to talk about Where's religious liberty going to stand under a Biden-Harris administration and probably a, uh, obviously a Democrat House and possibly a Democrat Senate? Where is religious liberty going to stand? Because in the first hundred days, Biden already pledges to gut religious freedom protections, saying they give hate a safe harbor. And we will talk about that next week. Until next time, this is Pastor Sean. May God richly bless you. We're the bad news, we're the young guns, we're the ones that they told you to run from. Yeah, the play is gonna play and the haters gonna hate.